Welcome to the podcast of Pastor Joseph Castillo from All Nations International Fellowship. Enjoy this podcast while you're doing household chores, riding your car, or even your morning devotions. I trust the living word of God to change your life forever. Visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verse 13. How many of you here know of pastor, not pastor, actually he's a believer, but a man by the name of Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar coined a phrase that I believe is a universal truth, and that is that repetition is the mother of all learning. That repetition is the mother of all learning. That's why I feel it's important in our spiritual experience that we present to you at ANIF that we don't skip around to a new emotional sermon every week. And without repetition, you will not learn. We have to give time to rehearse and to review and to do repetition so that the Word of God can take root Please say with me, take root. The Word of God must take root in our lives if it will change us. The Word of God will not change you if it doesn't have root in you. It can encourage you, Mark 4 says, for a time. It could encourage you on Sunday. It could get you so excited, so filled with faith, so worked up, where you're jumping up and down in your seat, you're swinging your handkerchief at me, saying, Pastor, preach! Amen. Hallelujah. But, unless it takes root, it will not impact your life. So we have traded a momentary experience for a lifetime of change. We've exchanged emotionalism for fruitfulness. And emotionalism is good. Experience is good, but it must also be with a lifetime of change. And that's why I I really like the way my spiritual father, Dr. Bill Winston, preaches. Because he teaches, he teaches, he gives a lot of word, he repeats. But then also he preaches too and gets you excited and stirred up at the same time. Amen? So we could kind of try and do it all, get it all mixed in there. Amen? But repetition is the mother of all learning. And because of that, I am taking our time dealing with this point of redemption and redemption taking root and taking impact and effect in our lives. Our redemption is good for nothing if it's just in the Bible. It has to come into our life. It has to change us. It has to bear fruit. It has to deliver us. It has to prosper us. It has to build us up to give us an inheritance. Amen? Amen? That's what the Word of God says in the book of Acts. It says that the Word of God is able to build you up to give you an inheritance because God can't give you an inheritance if you're not built up. Say that. Say, God cannot give me an inheritance unless I'm ready. If I give my son a gun like they do in America... No, I'm joking. If I give my son a gun, 
He'll kill somebody because he's not ready for that gun. He's not mature enough. He's not old enough. He's not prepared enough, and he's not trained enough. God is a better daddy than me. So why would I expect God to bless me if I'm not mature enough, if I'm not trained enough, if I'm not developed enough? I can't expect him to bless me because money only magnifies who you are. If you're an alcoholic, money will just drink yourself to the gutter. You'll be in the club making it rain every night and without go. Buying bottles of Grey Goose and, you know, whatever else they drink nowadays, Ciroc. And you'll drink yourself till death. Amen? If you're a gambler, you'll disappear for weeks at a time in Macau gambling until you lose everything and squander everything you had. If you're a cheater, you'll go into business and you'll cheat people until you end up in jail. Money only magnifies who you are. That's, that's, I mean, that's how Big Pun died. I know you guys don't know who Big Pun is because this is the house of God. But Big Pun is a famous rapper. Big guy, overweight. And he made it big. I mean, he, he was a very good artist. And he made it very big. And um, he made millions of dollars. And he ate himself to death. He ate and ate and ate steaks and cheese and, you know, just ate himself to death. Because money magnifies who you are. Amen? If you're into clothes and I bless you with a lot of money, you get a lot, come to you a lot of money, you'll be Kanye West. You'll have, you'll, you know, it'll be Louis Vuitton and Pete Coates and, you know, I mean, that, that's what you'll become because money magnifies what you are. If you're a giver to world missions and you're blessed financially, you're going to be spreading the gospel, publishing Bibles, going on mission trips all over the world. If you're helping the orphans now, come on, being you. If you're helping the orphans now, if I bless you, what you're going to build orphanages in your home country and you're going to feed the kids and sponsor kids to go home to school because money simply magnifies who you are. Amen. So that's why the word of God says that he has to build you up to give you this inheritance because this inheritance surely is that I'm going to bless you, that I'm going to prosper you, that I'm going to make your name great, that you should be the head and not the tail. I'll set you up on high. Above all nations of the earth. No, I'm not just preaching. I'm quoting scriptures to you. I hope you, if you know your Bible, you know I'm quoting scriptures to you. That's what God said. But God has to build you up before he could put you in that position. Otherwise, you're liable to kill somebody. Including yourself. Amen? So the, the, the entire contention that we have as a believer is to engage our Christian life to the point where God is building us up, preparing us so he can use us. Amen. And, you know, the, the enemy, the way that the enemy works is very similar to an old cartoon called uh, Wild, I think it's called Wild, Wildy Coyote or the Roadrunner, the Roadrunner. Have you guys ever seen the Roadrunner cartoon? Yeah. yeah. You see. The way that the Roadrunner in that cartoon, the way that they tried to trick the other guy was he would have a, 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 a barrel of gunpowder, a keg of gunpowder, and he would put a little hole in that gunpowder. And then 
that that little bit of hole in their character would leak and would leak and would leak. And then the enemy would wait to get all the way to the top of the mountain where everyone could see it. And then way down there where that hole was in their character, he would light the match. And then boom, a great explosion for the whole world to see. And this is what we've seen in the lives of many people that started off in faith, started off, you know, Beyonce started off in Christ. I used to work at the Bank of Montreal, Harris Bank in Chicago, and we had a, a, a Christmas choir. It was a company choir for Christmas, for the Christmas holiday company thing. And our choir director was one of Beyonce's singers. That Beyonce, I think it was Michelle, and there was like four girls, but it used to be five girls. And they all started off in church together. And she told me when they were young, when they were young, young girls, they would always say, we're never going to sing for the world. We're never going to sell out. We're going to sing for Jesus our whole life. And when the contract came for those girls to become, you know, to, to, to become famous, that one girl that was working with us at the bank, she said, no, I, I'm not going to do it. And shame on you guys for doing it. And they went, and they went secular. But see, the enemy will use the little hole in your character to try and destroy you, to make you a public example and embarrass the kingdom of God. That's why Paul said, I, he says, I discipline myself, I beat myself so that I don't become a castaway. Because when you become a castaway for the cause of Christ, then what happens is you not only maybe go to hell yourself, but you'll bring many people with you. That's why the Bible says it's better for you not to offend these little ones because you'll be judged for that. So God has to build us up. God has to get us ready. God has to prepare our heart and prepare our character and prepare our spirit for him to give us the inheritance. But the inheritance is ours. Say it's mine. mine. Say it's mine. mine. I wasn't going to go there, but I want you to go there now if you can real quickly. Look at Galatians. Some of you guys looking at me like I'm lying to you. So I want to show you, amen? Galatians. Chapter 4, verse 1. I said that you already have an inheritance. I don't know why I'm on this secular thing today, but Buster Rhymes, he once said... In one of his rap songs, you know, that he said that Teasy didn't make fun of Christianity. He said, oh, I don't believe this. You have to study all the verses so you can get your blessings. And, you know, he said that one of the verses of his songs kind of making fun of Christianity and the, the theology of Christianity. But what Busta doesn't know is that it, it's not that you have to study all the scriptures. It's that you have to be trained before God can trust you to invest his blessing into your life. Amen. So bust up. You're listening to me. Repent. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, he's a five percenter. You know what that is? He's a five percenter. That means they believe five percent of every religion. Five percent Christianity. Five percent Buddhist. Five percent Hindu. Five percent uh, Islam. Really? He's a five percenter. Amen. They're, they're really confused. 
I said, I met a 5% at one time. I said, so you believe 5% of the Bible. What, what 5%? He, and he said, well, just the 5% that we agree with. I said, I said, what if I agree with a different 5%? What if my 5% says there's no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved? He said, oh, well, that one we don't believe, that one. That's it. What a ridiculous religion that you only believe 5%. That makes no sense at all, amen? But anyways, that's where we have our hip-hop culture, right? Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. I love you, Buster. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to tie to this message, Buster Rhymes. Maybe he'll click on it. Amen. <laughs> and our old people, you don't know who he is. It's okay. Hallelujah. He's like the Frank Sinatra of our, you know, our generation, you know. <laughs> Amen. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Who can read that? It's right here. Who can read that for me? Let's read it together. One, two, three. Now I say that the heir... As long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. That's good. The, the whole chapter talks about this in more depth. But I just want to show you this verse. You're an heir of the... Paul says, and I think believe in Romans, you're an heir of the entire world. He says, you are neither of Apollos or of Paul. He says, all things belong to you, even the whole world. In Christ, you have inherited all the gold, all the oil, all the silver, all the blessings. Everything in this world belongs to the kingdom of God and God's children. How many know what belongs to your daddy belongs to you? My son comes up to me and he grabs my phone at will. Because... What belongs to daddy belongs to him. If I'm eating toast, if I turn my head for, you know, just a split second, my toast disappears. Because he knows that as a son, what belongs to daddy belongs to him. And I'm telling you, as a son and a daughter of God, what belongs to daddy belongs to you. But as long as you're a spiritual child, as long as you go through the ceremony of re cultural religion, that you're different nothing from a servant. You're just as poor, just as broke, just as struggling. They have headaches, I have headaches. The world is in debt, I am in debt. The world is depressed i'm depressed i differ nothing from the world even though i'm lord of all because you have to be built up in the word of god to receive your inheritance if somebody comes to me and says pastor i i need financial provision the first thing i might ask them is well what verses do you know about finances well i know that god's good all the time well, that's not a verse. That's what somebody said in a movie. You know, Eric always has all the movie quotes, amen? But the movie quotes is not going to give birth to a miracle. You have to know what the Word of God says. And not only I've heard it preached, but it has resonated in my spirit, man. It has become, it has assimilated to be part of me. And now it can bear fruit. Because you have to be built up. Say built up. You have to be built up to receive that inheritance. So what am I doing? I'm building you up. 
When I wanted to pray for people to receive the gift of tongues, what did I do? I built them up. David, what's his name? Your, your sister's uh, boyfriend, are they still dating? I call him David, but his name is Isaac. But I, I call him David for three years. So I'm just going to keep calling him David. Are they still dating, Isaac? Yeah? Hey, tell him I love him. And I, he needs to come back to China and pray for that for us. He's a prayer warrior. But I remember Isaac was praying for people at the altar because I asked him to pray for people. And uh, he was very hard on them. And he would push them and push them and push them down. So I said, Isaac, I said, listen, why don't you, you pray so much? Just next time, you know, in your prayer time, pray that the anointed could be released without pushing them. And try not to even lay hands on them. Just try it. So you could build yourself up to flow in that anointing. He said, okay, pastor. The next week, he was praying for people, not even touching them. He's just praying. You know how he prays. And the boom, they're falling down. He goes to the next person. Boom, they fall down. And he was flowing in that anointing one week later. Amen? But you have to be built up to flow in that. Amen? All of you can cast out devils. All of you. That's why I hate it. People call me, pastor. This devil's too big for us, Pastor. I feel like Jesus. We cannot cast him out. So and so's tried. Pastor, so and so. All the pastors are so and so. That's happened to me three or four times in my life. Can you please come, Pastor? I'm like, I remember in Mongolia. Didn't you come to me? Tell me. And I said, I said, did you? Was that you, Joy? That came to tell me that in Mongolia? Did you come to get me for the demon? Yeah, and I was like, I don't know if you saw my face, but I was like, I'm preaching up here on the stage. You go cast it out. Why are you calling me? And I'm sure that's how Jesus felt when they brought the demon-possessed boy and they said your disciples could not cast him out. Because you guys all can. You can heal the sick. You can cast out devils. And the only reason why you can't is not because you permanently can't. It's just because you haven't, you haven't been built up into that inheritance yet of spiritual authority. You haven't built up to that, that, that inheritance of spiritual miracle working power to heal the sick. I can heal the blind. I can raise the dead. That potential is in me. Amen? Not just in David Hogan. David Hogan's raised 23 people or 63 people from the dead. Uh, Mozambique, Heidi Baker, they've raised over 100 people from the dead. Uh, I can do that too. Amen? That's why I don't worship pastors and prophets and the, like we saw today, the finisher and the, and the, the punisher or whatever. We don't worship ministry gifts because you can flow in that anointing too. If you would build up your spirit, if you would pray, if you would know the word. So the first thing I ask you, if you want a breakthrough, if you want a miracle, if you need a healing, you need deliverance, the first thing I ask you is what verse do you know about that subject? Well, I heard pastor say, that doesn't count. When Jesus encounters Satan, Jesus said, it is written. What is not in your heart cannot produce fruit. The Bible says that in Mark eleven twenty four that whosoever said to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where? In their heart. You could actually have doubt in your mind. But if you have faith in your heart, if you have faith in your heart, you can have it. 
But what we do is we try and put faith in our head. Oh, I heard it. Okay, Pastor, I believe it by faith in Jesus' name. And you try and put it in your head. The head cannot sustain faith. You should write that down. That's from the Holy Ghost. The head cannot sustain faith. Look at the disciples. When they were with Jesus a couple days before, they said, oh, Master, how are we going to feed all these people? Jesus said, you know, get me, get me some, you know, some loaves, you know, bread and fish, whatever. Jesus does a miracle and he feeds 5,000 children, 5,000 men, plus women and children. Then a couple chapters later, am I right, Miro? They're in the same exact situation. And the disciples again, after seeing Jesus feed 8,000 or more people, the disciples again said, oh, Master, what are we going to do again? We're out of food again. Didn't you just see the miracle? Didn't you just see what I did a couple days ago? The reason why they couldn't carry the faith from last experience to the next experience is because the mind is not designed to sustain faith. Okay? The mind is like that RAM of a computer. RAM, what does that stand for? Random access memory. Random access memory. That's what the mind is for. It's not the hard drive. Amen? The hard drive, once you get it in the hard drive... The FBI says, I don't care how you bit clean and scrub that. If the FBI wants to extract those files, they can extract those files. Amen? Amen? That's how they catch these pedophiles and stuff. They go into the, into the, into the depths of the hard drive. But that random access memory, that could come and go. The brain is like the random access memory. What's your name? Oh, Michelle. Okay, God bless you. Next week. Hey, sister, sister, how are you? Because their name didn't go into the heart. It just went to the random access memory. Am I right? So when the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart, that means I, I, I didn't put it in the RAM. I put it in the hard drive. Least I had not sinned against thee. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know that verse? Thy word have I, it was at Psalms 119, right? Thy word have I hid in my heart. Least I had not sinned against you. So if you need to overcome sin... You just simply need to get the word of God into your hard drive, into your heart. Kenneth Hagin said, I know the names of millions of people. And he said, you know, my secret is I don't remember their names with my mind. I remember their names with my spirit. My God. So when I'm, you know, when I did a test, I did this uh, real estate test to be a a loan officer in Chicago. I just did that. I said, you know what? I'm going to remember all these laws with my spirit, man. And I would, and as, a, as it sounds stupid, but I did it. And I, I aced the test. People were shocked. I had other guys that failed the test five, six times. I aced it my first chance. And what I did is I looked at it, all the pit notes, and I would snap my eyes like a, cam- like a camera lens. I just, that's what I did by faith. And I said, I put this in my spirit in Jesus' name. Looked at all the laws like that. When the test came out, I sat down in a room full of men, sat down, logged off. First one done. Walked out of there, almost had 100. First one done. Because you have to learn how to operate out of your hard drive 
and not out of your ram. Amen? And most Christian experiences operated out of the ram, and that's why there's no fruit. That's why you can't cast out the demon. That's why cancer don't obey you, because you know you have authority over them in your ram. But it hasn't been part of your hard drive. Do you hear me? Is this making sense to anybody? So you have to be built up to receive, to walk in that inheritance. And as long as you're not built up, as long as you're a spiritual child, you look just like the world. Your life will look, you'll struggle and you'll have the same problems that the unredeemed have. Even though you're Lord of all. Even though you're more than a conqueror. Even though you're the head and you're not the tail. Even though you're a king and you're a priest. Do you hear me? Amen. Let's go back to our first scripture. We, we, that was the introduction. Let's put our hands together for the introduction. Amen. I don't need to turn to the Bible. We have it on the board here, right? Ecclesiastes 12.13. Oh, time is flying by. I have five minutes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. That is the center verse of the Bible. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation, the last verse, the very center verse of the Bible. I learned this from Pastor Lee. He's a Korean guy that was our founding pastor. This is the very heart of the entire Bible, the core of everything that the scriptures are built around. And let's look what it says. Let us hear, let's read together the count of three. One, two, three. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Amen. To fear God and to keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of men. We have to go from being a people of religion to being a people of spiritual reality. Amen? We have to go from being a people that just have this kind of, oh, you know, cultural thing to being people that are living in the life of God. The Zoe life of God, the tangible life of God, the, the contagious life of God, the life of God that is when it's in you and on you is so contagious that it kills disease at the point of contact. I always talk about this. I'm going to say it again. The healing room founder, what John G. Lake, when he was in Africa during the bubonic plague, he, he, and he was healing all the sick people in, in, in Africa. They said, what's the secret? He said, it's the Zoe. He said, it's the Zoe. That's where this whole Zoe teaching came from, John G. Lake. He said, it's the Zoe. Zoe is the Greek. Is it Greek? Right? The Greek. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. You don't have to tell me. We have Greeks here. And I always get in front of them when I say a Greek word. Amen. Zo How do you say it? Zoe. Your name is Zoe too, right? The Zoe. From Malaysia, hallelujah, no. amen. The Zoe life of God. It's the tangible living life of God. He said it's the Zoe life of God that is on me and flowing through me. I can't get sick. So he challenged them to put the bubonic plague, a sample of it, onto his finger under the microscope. And when they did that, 
under the microscope, the bubonic plague fried on his finger. It could not hurt him. When I go out to street preaching, sometimes you lay hands on some stinky, dirty people. And I don't mean that to be judgmental, but sometimes I put my hands on some places praying for people. You know what I mean? And I don't fear because the Zoe life of God is flowing through me. And I went into Stanley Tune with, uh, with some people street preaching at 1 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm going to find all of our backslidden church members. Come on. We went to Stanley Tune. Amen. We went there 1 in the morning. We were out there preaching. And, uh, and, and, and there was a guy that came with us in our church. You know Manny. And Manny was very zealous. But he's a baby. He's a child. And he laid his hands on somebody and prayed. Afterwards, he had warts all over his hand for like two weeks. And he came to me in service, Pastor, pray for me. I laid hands on someone to stand the tune. And I said, Brother, you, you, you just, where you're at spiritually, you shouldn't be laying hands on nobody right now. Amen? So this is not just something that you can do because it's your inheritance. You have to be built up to walk in your inheritance. You know, Pastor Alex talk, told us last week about his, his biggest house. He has the biggest house in the city of Calgary. That don't mean that Joe Blow could just go buy the biggest house in Beijing. That man has built up faith for that. Amen? And he's, you know, and you got, his testimony is he's not a rich man. He works a security job. He's a security guard from Ethiopia. But when God told him that's your house, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed, he confessed it and declared it. He prayed into it. Didn't ask anybody for help. Am I spitting on you? Sorry. This is a Pentecostal church. He, I don't know why I'm so close to you. Sorry. It's the anointing is flowing off and rubbing off on you. Amen. Long story short, without the income, without the right job, with not even being an, a, 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 a white Canadian, he has the biggest house in the city. Because God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Let's put our hands together for that. Amen. When we come to God, let's not talk about our limitations. Let's talk about his limitlessness. Let's take our eyes off of our limitations and try to focus our eyes on his limitlessness. Amen? Because if we could adjust our view, we can be inspired in faith. Amen? But faith can't process in the, in the ram. The mind was not designed to sustain faith. Just like ram was not designed to store internally important files. That's not what RAM is for. Those of you who don't know what RAM is, I don't have time to explain it to you. And I'm not a techie, amen. But Robert will be here next week. He can explain to you how RAM works. He'll be more than happy to, amen. But remember that your brain is not designed to store faith. Your heart is. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, With the heart man believes and then with the mouth confession is turned into or transformed into your salvation salvation is not i'm going to heaven salvation is soteria right soteria healing deliverance 
prosperity, provision, protection. With the heart man believes and with the mouth your confession is turned into or manifested into your prosperity. Manifested into your deliverance. Manifested into your wholeness. But it only comes from the heart. And most Christian experience is ran out of the ram. Can't even remember using the ram. You can't even remember the sermon by time you sit down at Hober Grill. It's true. I asked people at Hober Grill, what was the message about today? I don't know, Pastor, but it was great. <laughs> That's like watching a movie in your ram. Afterwards, it's just not enough room to hold it. It just disappears. Amen. Hallelujah. The church is not a place, and for too long has been a place, sorry, for us to be entertained. But it must be a place where we can be built up to get our inheritance. Hello, and thank you for listening to this message today on War with the Saints. We had to stop the recording at that point, but you might be listening right now, and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer if I was there. I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now, as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life, and I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way, like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, when I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way and his way is the right way because he made you and he made you for a purpose and he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle and if you'd open up your heart to him right now together with me God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, uh, wherever you are, just, just pray with me and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. I'd like you to contact me. And we can send you some more resources and materials that can help you start this new life. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something or maybe we know some pastors there that could follow up with you and help teach you the word of God 
Thank you for listening, and feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God.